Welcome back to the On The Way podcast. I'm Emily, and this is episode four. Today, we'll cover the practice of listening. Presence and listening go hand in hand. Both can be especially important when communicating with someone who may have different views than us. To truly listen to what they're saying and not project our own ideas onto them. Today, we're talking with Michael and Elizabeth, who have been serving people in Nepal for 10 years, going into the mountains, building relationships, and sharing the gospel in areas where people have never heard. They were in Nepal during the devastating earthquakes in the spring of 2015, and they talk today about listening and being in community through both joy and tragedy. With professional backgrounds in architecture and special education, Michael and Elizabeth have been given opportunities to use their skills to help others. Let's talk about listening on the way. Good morning. Good morning. morning. It's so great to be here with you both. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for taking some time to Mm -hmm. chat. Um, Excited to hear from you both today. You have amazing stories and just excited to to hear what you have to say. And you both are professionals. You were professionals back in the States prior to Mm -hmm. moving here. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you share a little bit about your backgrounds? and? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was... uh, early childhood special education teacher in the public schools in Wisconsin for uh, several years before we headed out here. Michael was an architect at um, a few really prestigious companies in the Milwaukee area and Racine uh, area. Um, And yeah, God called us in 2011 and just um, impressed on us that we needed to go. And um, it was kind of an interesting time for us. We didn't even know if it was possible. Uh, And super excited just to hear about the opportunities that the AG had for People like us who didn't come from a pastoral background or a ministry background uh, in order to do this. So, mm-hmm. um, But we've been able to utilize those skills here in Nepal, which is really great. I've been able to do some teaching and um, working with children with special needs, which is incredible in a country mm-hmm. where they feel children with special needs are a curse. Um, so that's been really cool. And then Michael was able to set up an architectural company, which is um, a BAM. It's a business as mission. Uh, that we're able to use to get into areas that are really restricted for other workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really been amazing, and we've learned so much while we've been here. Um, perspectives have changed and been, you know, enlightened to just kind of an understanding of how um, the gospel is reached through everybody that is willing to be able to share with others. It's not just um, going and. Uh, having a special ops group that does that, but it's any one of us that you know feels okay. We're going to step out and share, and that's mm-hmm. both at a home country that we live in, or if you know a person decides to jump and you know go around the world, and God calls them there. So once we were here, just utilizing you know whatever skills we had to say, Lord, we're, we're going to just do what we can to be able to be here and um, to be able to share. Um, and yeah, God has really opened some doors, so it's been really great to be available. What role did listening play in your early days, and, and what role does it play now as a practice um, in your relationships with Nepali people? You know, it is such an important skill, and I think early on, like just listening closely to our neighbors, um, mm-hmm. that we were blessed. There was quite a few people in Kamandu that speak English. And so being able to have those conversations mm-hmm. before we knew the language, but really, um, you know, some of it is just trying to listen to the dialect, but then also listening to the conversations, like asking uh, about um, their morning routines when they're mm-hmm. doing their pujas and how do we tactfully ask them about those things and why they do those things and how they do those things and, um, and trying not to jump right into 
you know, oh, we don't do those things because we're Christians and our God doesn't tolerate that stuff, you know, or, or being judgmental, but just trying to listen with those open ears and trying to understand why are they doing what they're doing and how can we connect what they're saying to us to a Bible story? Um, because storying is really important in this culture that we learned early on. Like if we um, have a neighbor who's talking about something that's just really difficult or how it's difficult even to be a woman in this culture sometimes, how do we connect that to a story from the Gospels that Jesus told or a story from the Gospels like uh, of the Samaritan woman where Jesus went and approached the women, that we have a, a God who understands women um, and those kinds of things or people who need healing or people who have uh, even special needs. <laughs> I always connect things to that. That's my, um, my understanding. But, you know, talking about how Jesus cared about the paralytics, Jesus cared about people who had special needs and how Jesus can care for them, too. Um, and just being able to listen and, and find those connections and just waiting on the Holy Spirit to um, to help lead those conversations into a more spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. So I think we've also learned that listening is, is more than just with our ears. It can be with our eyes and other senses uh, as we're in community and and Nepali people love community. They're all about community. So just being in community with them, just standing there and watching and listening and observing is huge because uh, that's when I've learned to start to pick up some of the things about their culture. And so I can listen to how they're doing at the cafe and listen to their language. Obviously, that helps to you know, learn their language and the way that their accent is different so that it can start to understand that. But I think listening to just how they are in their environment and community is a great way to start to understand how people are. And the more we did that, um, I think the more any guards were like dropped because one, these people are awesome. They're wonderful people and they're so welcoming um, that it's not that difficult um, to just feel like you're welcome with with the people that are here, um, but also just being able to embrace their environment and seeing them as people, not as an object that I must try to force something upon or change. Um, they're all people and they love their family and they love the people around them. So that's been uh, an exciting thing for us and for me to see is that it's listening is more than just um, with my ears. It's observing everything around us. As you listen to things that are really difficult, really heavy, how do you, how, where do you put that that's heavy for you as well? It was your own experience and you're listening to other people's experience. You're helping people after this crisis, during this crisis. What do you do with things that are heavy as you're hearing those stories? What did you do with that? Mm-hmm. That was definitely a really hard time. And it was a hard time for our family. Um, our youngest daughter had been away from us during the earthquake. And so... Um, just processing with her through the emotions she was going through and um, just her um, need after that to really be close to us physically. I feel like Michael got into that fix-it mode, like, okay, I need to fix this. And so he jumped into relief work with Convoy of Hope and some other organizations that were able to come in, um, which was really great. But just listening to the stories, um, even a pastor had called Mm -hmm. us, I think, a day or two after the earthquakes and a family Um, their whole home had collapsed and their father had died and he needed to go out and to try um, to bury this. It was a Christian man and um, just he had left uh, several daughters and a wife behind. And um, 
-hmm. trying to work with that pastor and say, okay, what do you need? What's the first thing that we need to do? And trying to listen, what are those those things that we can immediately help you with? And then what down the road do we need to come and assist with? And yeah, and just walking through that with, with pastors, with other people, um, was really difficult at mm-hmm. the time, but it really gave us opportunities that we saw. God opened so many doors after mm-hmm. that. Um, at the time, obviously, <laughs> when we move here, you know, in 2013 and we're setting up a business, you never imagine that there's going to be this huge catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And um, what an amazing thing, though, that God would call an architect to a country where there's going to be over 50,000 homes destroyed that need mm-hmm. rebuilding. And who better to do that? Um, and so we were really um, blessed to be here at the same time, yeah, yeah. as well as, you know, just having it be a difficult time. But God really led us through that whole thing. And Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think God gives capacity when we lean on Him in difficult times. And um, when we went to this pastor and other people that we talked with, um, and just and listen to their story. It's just uh, um, it's it's one great thing about being a Christ follower and being part of the family of God is that He just the Holy Spirit just just comes in, and we get to be a part of this this community of the love of God. Yeah, as we were with this pastor, we could tell that his heart was broken, and that um, as he was sharing with us there um, that Christ community. You know, it is just so good to know that the love of God is there. That's what I think I sensed the most was being with this man and having him share and then just listening and not interrupting, but just listening and allowing um, God to be in that moment and then laying a hand on him and praying for him and then just seeing that God work in that moment and then healing just happen um, because it's from God. So there is definitely some healing that needs to happen, you know, after tragedies like that. But God was faithful and um, has, has uh, brought a lot of ministries around um, opportunities um, since the earthquake. I so admire the way that you have allowed the Lord to weave your stories um, through joy and tragedy with the people here in Nepal. I think it's one thing to celebrate with people it's it's another thing to grieve with people and to grieve yourselves as part of a shared experience. Um, like you said, this listening to people going through those tragedies together and even those celebrations together um, really deepens our relationship with them. It makes them more willing. Um, you know, we had a, a saying in special education, nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't at that time. We couldn't start throwing scriptures or trying to do that kind of thing, but just helping them know that we're here and we understand what you're going through Mm -hmm. and we want to help um, in any way that we can. I think that meant a lot to a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Yeah, taking extra time um, is so important because I think so so many people are used to people not taking extra time to be able to be with them, whether it's an agenda or something, but um, found that if, if I can take a little extra time and spend time with this person and listen to what they're saying and have to say. And, um, I can learn more about them, but also that just shows us just how much more we care. In closing, you know, a lot of the, the people that are, are listening um, and hearing from you guys are, are based in the States. And I did a little research and I found out that there are hundreds of thousands of Nepalis that live in the United mm-hmm. States right now. And so the likelihood of some of our friends having a neighbor or a colleague 
um, or someone in their community who is Nepali, uh, it's it's not unfounded. I mean, it's there's a high likelihood that that could be. What would one piece of advice be that you would give to somebody like me living in the United States who may have a, a Nepali neighbor or colleague? What's one step that I could take mm-hmm. uh, to build relationship with them um, in a meaningful, Christ-centered way? Mm-hmm. Invite them over for tea. Tea, I love it. <laughs> Nepali chia. It's excellent. Nepali chia. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I think just... The Nepalis that we've met are, have been so open to inviting us into their home, showing us that hospitality. Mm-hmm. I think prayer goes into that, of course. You know, pray um, that God would help lead and guide you as you reach out to your neighbors um, and love on them like you would anybody. Um, and yeah, tea is great. And that's how we share stories. That's how we gain relationship is just sitting over a cup of tea and listening to the stories. Listen to people when they talk, mm-hmm. ask about this beautiful country. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard, I think, when we have students or migrant workers that go to America, very few of them will ever come back here to Nepal. Many of them will stay where they're at, and so they do need people that will reach out yes. and are yes. willing to love on them and be good neighbors and good friends and yeah, and share the love of Jesus with them. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the episode, there are thousands of Nepalis in America right now. So it's likely that there could be Nepali people in your own community or neighborhood. Pray that God will give you opportunities to show up, to show hospitality, to listen, and to use your talents and gifts to build relationships like Michael and Elizabeth have. Our final podcast for week one is tomorrow, and we'll talk about dialogue. Thanks for joining us on the way. To discover more opportunities and to sign up for the 21-day journey, visit agwm.org slash on the way.